Mike Murphy, uh-huh. Fred Huber, Murph and Fred back together again on ESPN 1000. How you doing, everybody? A uh, beautiful Saturday. Lots to cover. It's actually getting warmer as we get closer uh, later in the year. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's going to be 85, 86 <laughs> the next couple days. Well, you could be in uh, Phoenix. It's going to be about 108, 110. That's uh, okay. Ah. Yeah, that's okay. It's dry heat. It's a dry heat. And you get hotel rooms cheap. Yes, you do. Very cheap here in you August and September. Come on down. $22. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, the best places in the best <laughs> right. places in town, you get cheap. You sound like someone that's done that. Oh, yeah. Have in August. <laughs> Nothing like uh, hotel rooms in August uh, in Scottsdale. <laughs> That's exactly Plus, right. you can go to the newest Malnati's, the 54th location, now in Scottsdale on North Scottsdale Road. Free pizza coming to the Hubner's house tonight? Well, I, I certainly hope so. <laughs> if not tonight, then when I get out to Scottsdale. Busy day. Glad you're with us. Murph and Fred, Jesse Rogers in one hour. We'll definitely get a lot of Bears talk in, shoehorn some of... Fred Hubner's uh, White Sox uh, notebook. Not, not all that much. Eh, we'll get to it. Yeah, you, you can't tell the players without a scorecard. That's true. Ryan Cordell and all these kind of guys uh, coming in Problem and is, pitching. They don't sell scorecards, I don't think, anymore. But they do. It's oh, just that yeah, one guy. You got to find him. In the, uh, <laughs> in, you know, when you walk in, you got to find the guy selling the scorecards. 332-3776. Going to throw out some uh, Cubs topics here to get us rolling. And ex- every game this time of year when you are in the uh, they used to call it the pennant race uh, when you're in the pennant race every game's exciting especially when they go down to the wire with guys out of, like Fred was saying gotta get your scorecard know who's coming in out of the Cub bullpen yep. these days. Well, I know I heard Pat Hughes say that yeah. all, pennant race baseball is always exciting Yeah, and I think that was before the home run so uh, yeah it was uh, it was an interesting night out at Wrigley Field mm-hmm. last night and uh Boy, I hope the hope the guys get some sleep. Yeah, it's a quick turnaround. I got to come back. I had a three o'clock game today. You don't want to get in the middle of that. Uh, players getting tired. Oh my uh, god! Right now, do you? Let's tired. wait a while. Yeah, Let's that's wait fine. A while. Fine with me. Though Jesse did have an interesting comment earlier. Yeah, we, we have we'll, 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 yeah, we'll talk about Where it. That sound bite. Jesse's so tired he didn't go to Washington. <laughs> he didn't wear a uniform or anything. He just stayed home. In his defense, a very few of I know. the beat guys I know. did. But yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. Kelly, someone says, hey, why is Kelly Kroll sitting with David Kaplan? Well, Kelly didn't make the trip either. I saw the little guy, Jesse Rogers. I went to the Cubs game, about my 10th or 15th game of the year, uh, Wednesday night. And our uh, great afternoon team, Waddle and Sylvie, were doing a, a remote show, as we call yep. it in the business, from the one of the uh, great saloons across the Big street. Star. Big Star, I think they were at. So I walked over there and said hi to Waddle, hi to Sylvie. I said, hey, I only see you guys once a year at the holiday party. Uh-huh. They knew who I was. They were actually waving to me before uh, I walked. And Jesse was doing his hit. So uh, good to see the guys. Tell you what, let's seed the clouds first with some Cubs. Uh, Murph and uh, Fred fan focus group Twitter poll questions. As always, uh, we need you to vote right now at ESPN 1000. Uh, Here's the first one to get us rolling. Give me a little uh, Twitter poll music there, if you would. EO11. There you go. Got me in the mood now. Number one. Who? Oh, this is, uh, sounds easy, A or B. Who is the better defensive shortstop, Javi Baez or Addison Russell? Okay. Right. Take a moment before you vote. Don't just click it. Don't just 
Click. Who is the better defensive shortstop? Javi Baez, Aranis, and Russell. Next. I heard this a lot all week. The Brewers are hungrier than the Cubs, yes or no? Okay. All right. Who's hungrier? Brewers or Cubs? I guess the Cardinals aren't hungry. They're five and a half back. Yeah, well, they're in trouble because the Dodgers are now tied with them for the second wild card spot. Don't you always want to say Dodgers like Vince Scully? The Dodgers. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know you're going to fail, so you know you skip it. Uh, his name is Vince Scully, but when he was a young broadcaster, it, it all slurred together. Vince Scully. Okay. So Vince Scully. Uh, or vote for uh, the Cubs' biggest problem right now, A or B. A, scoring runs, or B, the depleted bullpen. All right? Depleted. Joe's got 30 guys down there. Yes, he does. Oh, well, Fred. That's what bothers me. Fred, while you're on the topic, our our, uh, final baseball Twitter poll question. Do highly paid baseball players get fatigued? A, no. Tough it out. You blank blanks. B, yes. They're only human. All right. Vote right now or vote on the radio. 332-3776-312-332-3776. We'll be getting to some Bears talk at the bottom of the hour. So, uh, yesterday's Cubs game, very nerve-wracking The two Cubs the, fan. Yeah, the two teams with one hit with runners in scoring position. I combined one for 16 with runners in scoring position. But in a funny way, it was more exciting than uh, maybe a 10-9 slugfest. At least I thought so yesterday. It's uh, one of those games where... There's not much action unless you really look between the lines. Well, it was great pitching by both guys. Uh, yeah. Matt, you know, Matt Harvey pitched very, very well. He's pitched pretty well since going to the Reds. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Cole Hamels was doing well, and yeah. except for a couple of pitches. Six and two-thirds, eight hits, a little more than normal for Cole, but two earned runs. Two walks, seven strikeouts, went 109 pitches. Cubs do win three to two on the Ian Happ homer. Milwaukee wins also, so the Cubs remain... One and one half games in front of Milwaukee. Uh, the Cubs have 156 games uh, played. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 147 games played, 15 remaining. They have one more game in hand uh, than the uh, Brewers. So uh, the Brewers have one fewer game uh, to play, one less game to play than the Cubs. So uh, a lot going on with. Guys like Caratini, Maples, guys that don't follow much. De La Rosa, who are they? Uh, Garcia. But De La Rosa's pitched 15 years in baseball. He got his first save ever. How about that? Yeah. And Dylan Maples has only played a little bit in baseball, but he got his first victory. Yep. One of those examples of why the W, the winning pitcher, is sort of deceiving. He only faced one batter. Right. Got him out with a line drive. And then the Cubs get the three runs. He's still the pitcher of record. So uh, when people say, ah, the wins and losses mean nothing. Well, you know what? That's a good discussion, a good back and forth. But in this case, you're 100% right. right. Yep. The win means nothing. So the Cubs are trailing two to nothing. Bottom of the seventh inning. It's going to be... Uh, Caratini, and we'll talk more about him, Fred, followed by Bodie, 
followed by uh, La Stella pinch hitting for the eighth slot pitcher, which I still don't like. Everyone does it now. And Ian Hamp, who hasn't had a hit uh, of substance. Yeah, he's been miserable. Yeah, he's been bad. So the Cubs are down two to nothing. Bottom of the seventh. Caratini with a single. Bodie, he hits a ground ball to the left side, booted. So now first in the E5. Man. Jumps up and hits uh, Eugenio Suarez in the face. It should have been a hit. Yeah. I mean, that's never been an error. Right. When the ball, like Fred's, almost takes your Adam's apple yeah. out. Yeah. Uh-huh. But they scored it in the air. Regardless, could have been around a horn double play. Right. Everybody's safe at first and second. La Stella uh, drowns into a force uh, outfielder's choice. First and third, one out. Ian Happ, who hasn't had a big hit in about a month. Strikeout, strikeout, pop out, pop out. Let's hear what happened. Go ahead, Ian, be a hero. He's due. Feels kind of heroic. First one sep- since September 1st for Ian Happ. Boy, it comes at a great time. Place goes crazy as well it should. Highlights good old WGN Channel 9 TV. So the guys won pitch earlier. Sort of, uh, I don't want to say they predicted it. Yeah. Can we just hear the first couple seconds there again uh, here, EO11? Go ahead, Ian. Be a hero. He's due. <laughs> There we go. Now, the crazy thing also, Pat Hughes did, did the, the same, same thing. He did the same thing. Yeah, he did. How did they know? Ian Happ, for the third time I'll say it, hasn't had a big hit in a month. Well, and I, they, all three guys said it. Pat Hughes said afterwards, he goes, well, sometimes you just get lucky. Did he really? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you just get lucky, and he, and he did there. You know, you say it enough. Yeah. I mean, there's been announcers in this town, as a matter of fact, right. who would say it like all the time. So eventually it's going to click. No. Yeah. Really? It happens quite often. Yeah. Uh-huh. You want to uh, tweet those names out later? Not at or? all. Okay. No, I'll just let, <laughs> let people, you know, think about it. And that's typical Pat Hughes, self-effacing. Oh, oh. shucks. Not, oh, I got oh, shucks. Oh, Hughes is great. I oh, love yeah. Hughes. Well, I love Pat Hughes. Sure yeah, Ronnie Coomer taking a couple days off. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Now you go to the eighth inning, and they're out of. Uh, they got. Here's the thing: the bullpen had been depleted. Uh, of course, Morrow's hurt, Strope's hurt. You don't want to use because they've been used. So Joe doesn't want to go to Cishek, doesn't want to go to Edwards, doesn't want to go to Chavez, doesn't want to go to Wilson. So who's left out there? Well, he brings in uh, Garcia. Uh, J- uh, Jaime 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 Garcia. Yeah. Uh, so, Former that used to pitch for the uh, Cardinals, was sure. starting pitcher for the Cardinals. So he brings in the lefty Garcia, who's about a million uh, years old, and he's going to be the lefty. He's going to be facing the three, four, and five hitters, Fred Vado, one of the greatest uh, you know hitters in yep. Cincinnati Reds history. Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me, even counting the big red machine. I mean, one of the greats ever. The second hitter, right handed, Suarez. The second year, I believe, guy who's got around 100 uh, ribbies. He's basically Cincinnati's Baez. His numbers yeah, and Baez numbers yeah. are almost identical. Well put. And then the third hitter is going to be leading the National League in uh, hitting. Scooter, Jeanette. One, two, three, up and down. Fly out, strike out Suarez, the right-handed hitter. And then a, a tap back to the pitcher. One to three. So Garcia, three up, three down. Cubs still up three to two. Bottom of the eighth inning. The Cubs go three up, three down. 
uh, Caratini, Bodie, and uh, Russell, uh, who had been uh, foot-flopped in there. So that brings you to... Does Russell bring him back to the plate? We'll I'm talk, not sure. We'll go talk about okay. him in a minute. Okay. I got a list here. Uh, Caratini, uh-huh. Russell, we got Contreras, Elmora, Schwarbers, Hayward... So that brings you to the top of the ninth, edge of the chair, edge of your seat, everybody at Wrigley Field. Now they bring in De La Rosa, another savvy, wily old left-handed, uh, you thought, over-the-hill veteran. Well, somehow Theo found these guys. Now Garcia had the bad run as a starter when he had the spot start, but he went to three up, three down on the eighth. Right. Top of the ninth, this is it, up by one, three to two, sitting on Hap's home run. So we've got... Uh, First hitter uh, uh, grounds out. Then, oh boy, wouldn't you know it? Okay, there's the uh, double. There's a tying run on second with just one out. He gets in a pop out to left field. Two out man on second. Hey, so he walks the speed demon Hamilton. Was he pitching around him? I don't know. I don't think so. No, why would you pitch a ground him? He can't hit, really. Oh, yeah. he, all he can do is run. Yeah, but he would be the lead run. No, no, I know. Yeah, no, no, I know. He can't hit the ball, though. Right. That's just one of his problems since he's come to the big leagues. And you don't want to get necessarily the shoveler at the top of the order because he's got some pop, but he's a left-handed hitter. So, let's go. Two out, man on second, Tangren on second. There he is, Jorge De La Rosa. He's a little uh, 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 puffy. Looks like he could uh, maybe uh, do a little... Uh, running around, get a little... But know what? Maybe that's the best shape for him. The portly De La Rosa shebbler up with two out. Tang run on second. Close your eyes. Peek between your fingers. Pitch. Fly ball half into left center. Cubs win. Cubs win three to two. What a ball game. Ian Happ with a game winner. Dylan Maples gets his first Major League win. De La Rosa, his first career save. Joe Madden with the most managerial wins in the first four seasons as the Cubs skipper. Ian Happer earned the game ball. Appropriate that the final out was hit to him tonight. That big swing of the bat, three-run jack, lifting this Cub lineup that, frankly, been scuffling for a while now, but it was good enough. And how about the work by the bullpen? Maples, Garcia, De La Rosa, yeah, not the normal uh, cast of characters, but they got it done here tonight. Highlights, good old Channel 9, WGN-TV. Uh, Every game at this time of the year, like we were saying, a little bit of a, well, a, a nail-biter uh, for sure. Well, there's no doubt that one was. I mean, they were, they were trailing all the way to the seventh inning, and uh, it didn't look like anything was happening offensively. Nothing was a hit happening offensively, and the, mm-hmm. the problems still continue with them not being able to hit the ball or get on base or do anything. And um, you know, one big swing of the bat will do it for you, and that's what happened yesterday. Three three two three seven seven six. Here's a few of our uh, Twitter poll questions on board right now, if you'd like to vote. So who is the better defensive shortstop, Javi Baez or Addison Russell? Hmm. I answered that question too quickly, and then I realized I gave the wrong guy. Well, see, Fred, I, and I to... can't change it. Once you once you put it in, you can't change it. See, so. I, I, I hate to say it, but I told you so. Yeah, but I had already, I I said, had already voted before I, that. I hate to say it, but I told you so. I said... Uh, I said, oh, don't don't vote too quickly now. Yep, I did. All right. <laughs> Voted too quickly. <laughs> and then you can't change your right? vote. Can't change your vote. And then you can't vote again. 
So is that how we have it? That's the way it works. <laughs> that's the way it works. Unlike Major League Baseball All Star balloting, when you can vote a trillion times. Vote at ESPN uh, one thousand. Uh, let's see. Or the Brewers are hungrier than the Cubs. Yes or no? Next, the Cubs' biggest problem is scoring runs, or the. A depleted bullpen. Fred questioned the uh, word depleted, I believe, a few minutes ago. Or maybe you were just acknowledging the word. No, I'm just acknowledging that uh, with the rules of Major League Baseball, you got yeah. 40 guys in the, you know, on the roster and you got 30 guys. Yeah. The other day when Joe was making his seventh pitching change, I got a little fed up. <laughs> well, that's why you saw... Baseball at this time of year is not the way it's supposed to be played. Yeah. Give me those three guys out there that we don't know because yeah. they don't make scorecards anymore. Give me Maples, give me Garcia, give me De La Rosa. Yeah, and Eddie Olchek brought up a great point yesterday, too. Yeah. Because after Pedro Strope got hurt, uh, people were talking that the Cubs could still make a trade and still bring a oh, guy yeah. in. Uh-huh. Something seriously wrong with that rule. You should not be able to make any more trades. There should be a hard and fast trade deadline. And, uh, you know, you have your guys as you go down the stretch, and if someone goes yeah. down, too bad. you got to bring somebody up from the minor leagues. Now, we should interject that if you did acquire a player uh, right. uh, via trade or waiver claim or call it what you want, exactly what Fred's referring to, after September 1st, right. he cannot play for you in the playoffs of the World Series. Can I tell you one thing, though? Yeah. No, they're not, nobody, the, the Brewers and the Cubs right now are not worried about getting guys that are going to pitch for them in the postseason. No, they're worried about survival. <laughs> they're worried about getting to the postseason. So, but even that's not, uh, there should be a hard and fast well, trade deadline. That, that, that's one of my problems. And the other yeah. gripe is every single game, when they run out there with the lineups, they should say, these are our 25 guys available. I can this see. way, you wouldn't see seven and eight pitching changes yeah. a game. Which is a joke. The game's played completely different the last month of the season. So, guys, uh, that would not with your uh, rule there, and I, you know, I'm not going to oppose it. It's a good one. It's a good discussion point. Well, you take your four starters that are pitched that aren't going to pitch that day. They're automatically off the 25 for that yeah, day. So now you got 11 guys in a bullpen, and they're still going to be mixing every other. Batter, That's okay, but the, the length of the game. You've got more than that now, though. You got more than 11 now in the bullpen. Well, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and or to get down to 25, you would just say, well, today I'm not activating, if that's the word. I guess it would be right. Not active today. Edward Seashek, Wilson, and Chavez. Right. And Rosario and uh, Kinsler and the Dunsing. Yeah. And uh, we're going to live with... Uh, you know, the uh, Maples, Garcias, and the De La Rosas, which, amazingly, worked, worked out great. Right. And tip of the hat to Theo. Uh, Maples, one of the few, uh, if only, Cubs pitchers in seven years of the new regime to actually come up through the system. The Cubs yeah. system. Every other pitcher, I believe. Or there's one other guy. Norwood. Hartford. Bur- What's his it's name? Norwood. Norwood, yeah. yeah. Norwood's He's a Cub guy. guy, too. Yeah. So, here's the thing. You look at what's going on with, and this is nothing about Joe Madden. It actually is pointing out how bad some of the Cubs stalwart, rock, key, the old word core, I hate that word, core players have been doing. In fact, what Joe will do, remember when Joe finally benched Hayward back in 2016? Right. He didn't start benching him until around what, August? He gave him every chance, every chance. But you got to this time of the year play the guys that are hot. Yeah, and you got to. Well, sit. that would be they would they would play a roster right now that has less than nine men. 
Well, <laughs> because got, there are very few hot players right well, now. Well, no, actually, they're not. Right. You got, you got guys that. Uh, when you hot, you hot. All right, I can't take it. I stopped the tape. All right, now, here are guys that have either been benched and don't realize it yet. Okay, that's always bad. When you get benched, but you don't know it yet. Contreras is now benched. He doesn't know it yet. Yeah, except when he brought him up to pinch it. Almora uh-huh. has been benched. He doesn't know it yet. If anyone sees these guys today... Tell him, hey, guess what? Contreras, you've been benched. Elmore, you've been benched. Russell, you've been benched. I think, well, he fe- Russell figured it yeah, out. Yeah, I think so. Schwarber's hurt and Hayward's hurt. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Contreras has been replaced by Caratini. Well, what are you talking about, Murph? Well, here's what I'm talking about. Caratini will start the rest of the way against every right-handed starting pitcher. He cannot, he's a switch hitter, he can't produce right-handed. Right. So, whereas for the first five months, five and a half months, Contreras started, say, four out of every five, and Caratini, or earlier, uh, Jimenez, uh, would start maybe once every five, right? And I think it was uh, uh, Kyle Hendricks they would catch Uh for, whatever. Oh, Murph, what about the running game? He controls it. Okay, good point, good point. You watch. For the rest of the way, Contreras will only start against left-handed starting pitchers or against teams that are flat-out base-stealing running team. Right. Where you may need better control. But let me tell you this about a Caratini behind a plate. We know right now he's hot. When you're hot, you're hot. Yep. I don't want to say he's a better overall catcher than Wilson Contreras. I'm not going to say that. But he might be close. Here's why. Other than the hose, all right? Other than the... He's got a, a rifle for an arm, right. Contreras. We all know that. Caratini's arm is not substandard. I've watched it. It's, it's average. Uh-huh. It might be. I believe it's above average. Contreras is off the chart as good as you can get. Right. But the word receiver, I'm afraid you've been around a long time. Yep. Well, we both have. When you hear the word, you know, how do you conjure up the, he's a great receiver, which is another word for a catcher. He's a great receiver. Yeah. Well, I mean, he catches the ball well. He yeah. gets strikes for you. Yes. Which, you know, hopefully they'll get rid of that soon. Instead of framing, yeah. which means the umpire right. is an idiot. Idiot, right. And you can trick him by. How about blocking balls in the dirt? Does that too. Caratini. The only thing, and he's a better hitter right now. Sure. Against right, he's a switcher left. The only thing that Contreras does better than Caratini right now. Throw to the bases. Yes. Yeah. Which is not chopped liver. No. Which is nothing to laugh at. No. He's he's thrown guys out at third and at Uh first and all over the place. Yeah. Now, Lester's pitching today. Right. I believe you'll see Caratini playing today. You think so? Even with Lester on the hill? Yeah. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. We'll know. Well, actually, we won't because there's a later start, so the odds are the lineups won't be out. So Contreras has been benched. Almora, I was at the game Wednesday night when he made two spectacular plays. Yes, he did. 
He also had three rocks, three bonehead plays. I can illustrate those in a, a little while. He's struggling on the bases, Four. too. Well, that was one of them. Okay. He got doubled yeah. off. Yeah. On a bunt by Terrence yes, Gore, who, that, should, who should never bat. And who bunted at a ball over his Adams right. apple. Who should, there's a reason. He should never bat. Is that the second time today I, we used, I used Adams I apple? I think so. I've he, never used it once in 25 years of radio. Yeah. Twice today. They should, they should not allow him to have a bat. Almora, four rocks in the last two games. Hap is now your center fielder. Russell has been bad. You really got to be bad if you're going to be replaced by Hap. Yeah. Because the way Hap is, is not hitting up until yesterday's home run has been really bad. But Almora is a substandard mental player. Not as a person. What happened to all as these guys? Contreras be has been replaced. Almora has been replaced. Four brain cramps in two days. Russell, we know, has been benched. So Caratini's in for Contreras. That's your new regular lineup. Hap is in for Almora. That's your new regular lineup. Murphy is in for Russell. We know that. Schwarber's out. You know who's in? Bodie. He's at third and yeah. Bryanson left. And Hayward's hurt. Zobrist, who looked like he'd be lost in the shuffle when Murphy came over, is now your right fielder. So, in the course of three, two, three weeks, five guys are out of the lineup. Contreras, Almora, Russell, Schwerber, Hayward. Regulars. Replaced by Caratini, Hat, Murphy, Bodie, and Zobrist. And you know why? When you hot, you hot. There you go. you're looking for that neighborhood gem of a restaurant, you know the place, cozy atmosphere, great menu, not an easy find. Well, we got some advice for you. Go with experience. Go with Vincitore. That's right. Italian cuisine served in a casual trattoria setting, the heart of downtown Westmont, right there on Cash. You can't miss it. Just north of the tracks, Vincitore's menu features great pasta, seafood, steaks, veal, chops, salads, all freshly prepared daily, featuring owner and chef Bob's individual style. Awesome. Grilled calamari, the bed of flash-fried spinach. You can't beat it. Head to Vincitore tonight. Feast on some incredible Italian dishes paired with tantalizing wine for reservations, info, and salivating photos. Head over to Vincitore. That's V-I-N-C-I-T-O-R-I dot com. How long is this segment right now? <laughs> what is the next commercial? Brandon Marshall, you should be worried about getting run over by the beloved Bears. Monday night, Monday Soldier night. Field. Brandon Marshall will be out there, wide receiver. We'll get back on the Bears beat next. Three three two three seven seven six. Jesse Rogers at 10 o'clock. Our little guy running around watching the Cubs, reporting on the Cubs. We're busy. Murph and Fred back in a flash. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Great Saturday, Fred Hubner and Murph. We'll get uh, into a little Bears talk here momentarily. Well, let's get into some Bears talk now. Jesse in a few minutes, Jesse Rogers. Uh, 
Let's take a look. We have a bunch of Cubs Twitter poll questions on the board. Please vote for those uh, to your uh, discretion. Uh, Bears question number one, Twitter poll. <laughs> who, all right, Fred, who had the, this is multiple choice with three names. Okay. Who had the worst game, all right, Sunday night? Coach Nagy, Coach Fangio, uh-huh. Coach, I'm sorry, Quarterback Mitch Trubisky. Okay. All right. Who had the worst game? Head coach, the defensive coordinator, or the quarterback? At ESPN 1000 vote. Next, Twitter poll question, similar but different. Second verse, not same as the first. Who had the worst game, A, B, C, or D? Mitch Trubisky. Kyle Fuller. Cody Whitehair. Prince Samak Gamara. All right. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Fred Nile seed the clouds with our votes momentarily. Got a lot here in our Bears uh, yellow pad, Fred's Bears notebook. Let's slide in. Uh, uh, Bear fan Bob wants to get the ball rolling at 3323776. Now on with Murph and Fred on ESPN 1000. Bear fan Bob. Gentlemen, good morning. I have a lot for you on my yellow pad, too. As a matter of fact, you only have a three-hour show. It's kind of like a three-hour tour. Never mind. Okay. You know, after that hot mess on, on Sunday, uh, your Twitter poll questions are terrific. Answers are simple. Vic Fangio is the answer to uh, my answer to that. The reason is, is Vic Fangio knows how to play with the toys. Your second question is, is Cody Whitehair. A center move, and you know I know a few centers who used to play for the Bears. That's a simple move. Snap the ball. You know, don't be stupid. Don't throw it over the guy's head. Never mind. Anyway. Well, hold on. Let's digest that quick with uh, uh, you, Bear fan Bob. Fred, Fred, who had the worst game? Uh, Coach Nagy, Coach Fangio, uh, or Mitch Trubisky? I went with Trubisky. So okay, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was between Trubisky and Nagy for me. So there was one play. Hold that thought, fellas, and and uh, and then react back, please. So and I know that uh, Fred. I know you uh, do what I do. You rewatch the game. Yep. Some you go back and forth. Yep. And you hit the pause. I'm sure Bear fan Bob. The more I watched the 75 yard pass. Touchdown to Cobb, which was about, what, 15 and 20 yards max in the air, and the rest yep. was run after catch. All right, we all know yep. what happened. Uh, missed tackle, thir- 39, uh, uh, Jackson, Jackson was, uh, you know. He just missed the ball. Just, right, yeah. and a lot of things went wrong. Right. But here's what was interesting. On the previous play, uh, Fangio, uh, he rushed uh, his normal uh, one, two, three in the front, and uh, 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 Mac from the side, a four-man. On the next play, which turned out to be the 75 yard, it was very weird in what's going to happen when I quick tell you. Maybe you guys all saw it. I only saw this like the fourth time, you know, back and forth. Here's what he did. He went with a three-man rush and eight, three-eight, which I believe is still called prevent defense. All right, that was his option. But here's what was really the what broke down, fellas. He pulled back Floyd, and he pulled back Mac, both into coverage with the standard three-man front. Okay, but here's what happened: B- Floyd and Mac both trailed after the same guy. 
In other words, mm-hmm. there was, I don't want you to call him an H-back, a U-back, whatever you want to call him. Number 80, who came out of the backfield. He was a tight end lined up by the quarterback. He came out to the right and slithered through. And Floyd was tracking him across. Uh-huh. And Mac bit and went back with him also, which meant three-man rush. Mac was back. In fact, then if you look down after 75 yards, the two guys still trying to catch him were Floyd were, were Mac and Floyd. And Mac. Right, yeah. right. So, I'm not sure right. where all the safeties and corners were. I can't blame yep. Fangio totally for this because obviously Fangio wouldn't say, both you guys drop into coverage on the same right. guy. And Mac is new with the team, yeah. this and that. Maybe the cow jumped over the moon. You never know. So I can't say yeah. that was just Fangio, but I would have liked to have seen the four-man rush, not the 3-8 right. prevent. Fred uh, and then Bob. Uh, yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I didn't go back and see that it was a three-man rush. Uh, a lot of people were criticizing why they didn't blitz uh, Rodgers more. I'm not sure what the numbers were last year, but Aaron Rodgers, for the most part, was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL against the blitz in years past. So blitzing him when you're struggling is not, is not necessarily a good thing. You try, you've got a front four and a front seven where you're hoping you can get to them without blitzing, and uh, they weren't able to get to Rodgers in the second half. Let's go to That's the next right. question, Bear Fan Bob and Fred Hubner. Who sure. had the worst game of these four players? Trubisky, Fuller, Cody Whitehair, and Prince Amakamara. And I got to say, Bear Fan Bob, I think you might be right on with this Cody Whitehair. I sort of threw this in. I didn't think anyone would vote for it. You voted for it. He had two bad plays that cost dearly late in the game, the bad snap, which made it yep. second and 13. Uh, and then the ineligible man downfield on the scramble where he was flagged for being yep. offensive lineman over the line by more than a yard or two. And that cost dearly. I believe it was a like a 10 or 11 yard scramble, yep. which this yep. did not affect the play at all. So it's tough to say the worst game of all the bad games was Cody White here. But I threw it in there. Bob, you you voted for him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, center by now, Cody Whitehair should know how to play the position. And by now, he should know how to snap the ball. And this business of snapping way over uh, Trubisky's head, this, that, this is not the first time we've seen this. Nope. This has to stop. You know, this will cost a game this Sunday. This defense coming up with Seattle. This is not a wannabe defense like Green Bay. This is a big boy defense. They will take out Mitch Trubisky and anybody else in their way. And snapping the ball is a very, very important thing. If not, the timing is off. This team's going to be done. And the same thing with the defense. If Vic Mangio by now, by now hasn't learned to take out Russell Wilson, okay, this, this quarterback, Wilson, is a lot like Green Bay. He's going to play a lot like Aaron Rodgers. He's going to try to extend the play. you know. But keeping Russell Wilson in the pocket is probably not the thing to do with him. You need to take him and sack him repeatedly, early, often, and do it all game. Otherwise, the Bears aren't going to win this. Brandon Marshall will show you why he used to be and probably still is a number one receiver. Mm. Those were kind of my thoughts, guys. All right. You know? Thanks, Bob. Hey, Bob, good stuff. Have a good day, gentlemen. Thank you. Take care now. Bears Bye-bye. And Bob on the road. I agree with him on Brandon Marshall. I didn't want Brandon Marshall to leave here. They said, well, he's, we, it's hard for us to deal with him in the locker room. Well, you know what? Figure it out. He was a great receiver for the Bears, and you you lose him, and then you had no receivers after that. 
No. He still showed last week he was a good receiver catching a touchdown pass, and I think anywhere from three to six pass receptions for Russell Wilson. Next Twitter poll question. Mitch Trubisky deserves a honeymoon period. All right? Everyone gets a honeymoon period, regardless of your walk in life, right? whatever you do. You can be an accountant. You can be a salesman. You know, the first couple of weeks, first couple of months, it's known as the honeymoon period. Well, right? and unless, you're, unless you're a doctor. <laughs> yeah, doctors get no honeymoon period. Ah, you know, only the first two guys he worked on passed away. Everybody else has made it fine. Mitch Trubisky deserves. Yeah, the medical medical uh, profession has no honeymoon period. Correct, correct. Right. Deserves a honeymoon period of how long? A, B, C, D. All right. He deserves a honeymoon period of uh, sixteen games. Any okay. quarterback at six. Oh, he had twelve last year. Yes, he did. So this is uh, game fourteen uh-huh. coming up, right? So, how long does a quarterback or Mitch Trubisky deserve? 16 games. B, the end of this season through 2018. Okay. All right. C, 32 games. Or D, the honeymoon period's already over, Murph. Okay. All right. Let's listen to a quick soundbite here on this very topic. Uh, Cap. Talking with our uh, guy Dan Wiederer this week, and uh, Cap asked Dan Wiederer, "How long does it take to evaluate a young quarterback?" I think this league it is one of the worst things that happens in this league is that people jump to the insta verdict on quarterbacks, and they have no idea how hard it is to play this position at a high level and how hard it is to play it at a high level consistently for a long period of time. It takes an awfully long time for guys to prove one way or the other, and it takes longer to prove that you are indeed established and special and, and capable of being a franchise quarterback than it does to prove that, that you're not capable of doing it. But it's so early yet with Mitch, and, and so I think everybody has to take a breath and, and understand that this takes a long time. There's a lot to, to wait and see about, and, and you just have to be patient to let the, the body of work add up. Interesting. I agree wholeheartedly with him. Yeah, I I, re- I relate, and I've said this numerous times. I relate quarterbacks in the National Football League with pitchers in baseball. When Carlos Rodon first came up to the White Sox, Pete, White Sox fans were ready to write him off after like twelve starts. He had been the year before he had been pitching in college. Okay, you've got to give these guys. These are the two toughest positions in sports. Two of the toughest positions in sports are probably pitcher in baseball and a quarterback in the NFL. You've got to give these guys times time to figure it out. And uh, I'm giving Mitchell Trubisky, at le- I am, at least till the end of this year. And even that's probably too short of a time. Very well said, Fred. Uh, let's find out what the fans voted for when we return. Hey, get your vote in right now. Get you in, get you out. Mitch Trubisky deserves how long for his honeymoon period? 16 games. Uh, this will be game uh, 14 this uh, Monday night. Through the end of the year, 32 games or D. The honeymoon's already over. Let's get rolling, Murph. Jesse Rogers in a little while. Back to Bears talk when we return all that. And the cicadas. Did you hear all the cicadas? The Cub game? Even uh, I did not. Oh, my God. I think you watch the Cubs with the sound down. I know. Uh, that's, uh, a, that's Often. You, that's, yeah. that's often uh, correct. So at one point, Len Casper had to say, oh, this is... Where were they? The whole neighborhood? What was going on? It was as loud. The crowd mic was picking it up louder than anything you've ever heard before. Back in a flash, vote now at ESPN 1000.
Stacy J. Glad you're with us. Hope you're off to a wonderful Saturday morning. Weather is great. And uh, Fred wants it a little cooler. Yeah, it'll get cooler soon. So for all the people that are enjoying this, enjoy it now. In a week or two, it'll be in the 70s, and I'll be happy. Jesse Rogers in a few minutes. Back I like on. everything in the 70s. My music, yeah, you do. everything. Yeah. You, you name it. The temperature, the music, all that stuff. Not your age yet. No, not yet. No. No, I'm getting there, but not yet. Yeah, you're trying to catch me. Huh? I sound like a 70-year-old, but I'm not that old yet. <laughs> I don't know if I'm moving fast enough uh, or you're going to catch me or not here. Yeah. Okay. You never know. Uh, so many little bears things. And I know uh, everything was digested. Uh, great job all week by all our guys. Did anyone mention this, Fred? Two minutes and eight seconds to go in the game. Green Bay is now up 24-23, and they kick off to the Bears. Right. Now, we know that Benny Cunningham, number 30, (laughs) is the kick returner, and Uh good old number 29, Tariq Cohen, is the punt returner. However, did anyone bring this up? Probably. I mean, I try to listen all the time. Miss a little, miss a lot. I'm thinking, how about on the kickoff with two minutes to go, then maybe you put Cohen back there to return to kickoff. You know, maybe he'll pop one. Like, you know, the first olive out of a bottle. The cork out of a champagne bottle that's all shake, shook up, right? No, they pooched it uh, to about uh, the goal line uh, where it had to be, you couldn't take the knee. Well, you could just let it go. Well, you could. You could have let it go and bounce into the end all zone. Right, all right, and, good point. And now when it bounces in the end zone, it's automatically a dead ball. Good point. So you would have got the ball at the 25. You wouldn't have used any clock. Save some time. But, of course, they try to return it and make, yeah. do one of the dumbest things in all the sports. Now, hold on. Hold on. They run it out to the 18. Let me get my what if, Bell. Oh, my here. God. All right, what if, what if Cohen... Had been back there. No, he's the punt returner. Murph Benny is the. I understand that. Who's the guy that's got the chance to pop one? Would you have thought or considered, Fred, to put Cohen back there for two minutes to go? Sure, I would have. But yeah. if the ball got to the goal line or beyond, I would have told him to knee, yeah, take no, a knee. I, no, of yeah. course. Yeah, but it was right there. Yeah, it was. He caught it right at the goal at, yeah. at the goal line. Yeah, I was the only guy thinking that at the time. They didn't think about it, huh? Yeah. Next. We haven't even mentioned Kyle Fuller yet, have we? No. No. Let's bring in uh, EO11. Eric, give us some of the results here of the uh, the Twitter poll so far. What the fans say on uh, who had the worst game of these three? Coach Nagy, Coach Fangio, Fangio, or Mitch Trubisky? Fred uh, voted I'm going uh, with Mitch. Mitch. Yeah. Bear fan Bob and uh, I are uh, wondering what happened to Coach Fangio. But I'm sure Coach Nagy ran away with this one, or did he? He did. Nagy won with 64%. Fangio just had 12%, and Trubisky had 24%. Mm-hmm. Bad game for the first-time head coach. Well, everybody thinks everybody thinks that he got conservative, and, and what happened was the scripted plays were done, and then Mitch had troubles. Yeah, uh, so that's why you can't script all the game. Well, so. here was an idea. What if you? I know the reason for the scripting is to supposedly see how the defense is going to react to this play, that play, this play. But you know what? These are trick plays, not trick plays. These are innovative new plays that 
you are going to what? Use them again later in another. Yeah. Why didn't he save some of those scripted plays for later in the game? Or the second half. Well, bingo. Yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. Okay, next Twitter poll question was, who had the worst game? Trubisky, Kyle Fuller, Cody Whitehair, or Prince of Makamura? Is this a, a runaway for Kyle Fuller? I'll tell you, Cody Whitehair didn't help anybody with what, what he did. For me, it's Kyle Fuller. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be. Yeah. So only 8% voted for Cody Whitehair at the bottom, 18% voted for Prince of Mukamara, 25% Trubisky, and 49% said Fuller had the worst game. Yeah. Listen, all, all he has to do, he dropped six interceptions last year. Unbelievable. He's already dropped one this year that cost him a game. I know we're so, up against the clock and Jesse's next. We can't forget too really quickly that uh, in the second half, they did have a 12-play 60-yard drive. To start the third quarter, they did have a 14-play, 61-yard drive in the fourth quarter. The problem is both ended in field goals. You got to get touchdowns against the Packers, and in the NFL, you got to get touchdowns. That's the problem. Absolutely. And if I hear one more time, well, you know, cornerbacks, uh, you know, they're not wide receivers because they don't have good hands. That's why they're cornerbacks. Yeah. Hey, you know what? If you can't catch a pass right on your numbers, you don't belong in the NFL. Right. They gave this guy, what, four more years, five more years, the Packers wanted him. Yeah. And like Fred just said, he's done it time and again. Six times last year he did it. He had two interceptions. He dropped six balls last year. You know, 11. Did you ever play uh, touch football when you were a kid or, you know. Uh, uh, he pop, still does. Pop water ball. <laughs> yeah, or, Absolutely. You know, if you drop that pass as a defensive back in uh, Sandlot Ball with the guys on a Sunday afternoon, they'd say, hey, Eric, you know what? Why don't you go sit down? We'll, we're going to try someone else. They, you wouldn't even get to play again. Right. You got to sit there and do push-ups every time you drop it. There you go. Right there on the field. Well, he'll have big muscular arms. Yes, he will. continues. Jesse next. Murph and Fred back in a flash. We are ESPN 1000. Street Studio, home of ESPN 1000, Chicago's all-sports station. This is WMVP AM Chicago. Uno, dos, one, one two, three, cuatro. Welcome back. Busy day. Busy Saturday. Murph and Fred. We'll get back on the Bears beat in a, a few minutes. But uh, it's time to talk about the Chicago Cubs. Uh, the bullpen was strong. Uh, Carl Hamels was strong. But I'll tell you what, it was good to see a guy come to the forefront. He's done nothing. Uh, he wants to be on that playoff roster. The happer. He makes you happy. He's done nothing for the last month. Yeah, we can make it happen. We can make it happen. Yeah, we can make it happen. We can make it happen. Go ahead, Ian. Be a hero. He's due. First one sep- since September 1st for Ian Happ. Boy, it comes at a great time. WGN Channel 9. Saturday, All it is. The Cubs are there. Let's bring in 
and Jesse Rogers, uh, ESPN 1000's baseball man, follows the Cubs around the country, hasn't slept in a month. Good morning, Jesse. <laughs> Good morning, guys. <laughs> we are in the stretch run, excited for this finish. It's, it's going to be fun no matter what happens, win, lose, or draw. It really is. And what did I say about a week ago or 10 days, whatever it was? I mean, it, it really is open season second-guessing managers at this time of year, and especially when you're down a couple guys in the bullpen now, man, we, we you can really dissect every move Joe Madden makes, uh, and, and it started a couple nights ago. And, and I look, I, I'll pile on. I don't think Strope should have been batting, not because of injury, but because it just didn't make a lot of sense trying to, you know, uh, get him a third inning of work while, you know, not, not uh, putting your best hitter up there, all that stuff. But since then... Um, look what's happened. Rosario, Maples, um, uh, Jaime Garcia, De La Rosa. So let's at least give credit that the culture is there where guys can succeed when they're not being used much. Like they're, they're keeping them ready. So there's good and bad all the time. And right now, you know, these two wins were absolutely huge, Murph, if you, if you think about things in the stretch of games, just to recover from the stroke injury, win that game with Rosario, who obviously when Rosario walks in the game, Murph and Fred, he's, he might be thinking, Boy, they don't want me in this game. They had this. They had, right. they, had our, they had our close, and he went down and went one, two, three, and then the next night they go with the C relievers and they get it done. Anyway, I know you want to get to a lot of the stuff, but at least let's, like let's, let's give let's give some credit to what just happened these last two days after maybe a bad move there. Well, absolutely. You know, uh, here's the thing. When and we'll get more to the current, uh, the, the future than the past year, as I, I like to joke. It's mm-hmm. you have people, fans. Can do whatever they want. They need someone, evidently, to yell at or be mad at. They're not going to be mad at Theo for all the mistakes he made this year. Uh, you know, they don't get mad at the players too much, except they got mad at Edwards. And, you know, the kid's not trying to throw wild pitches. So, you know, the manager's always the easy target. Well, it's funny, too, because Daniel Murphy was a great pickup by Theo and two weeks ago. And now Daniel Murphy, uh, well... You know, he's struggling, and no people aren't talking anymore about that Daniel Murphy pickup. Well, Jesse, let's do this. Let's look at the, the, the bullpen last night. You seeded the clouds already. Uh, they did, uh, Joe did not use. Now, if they'd have lost, fans, you got to put Ciszek in there. Edwards, <laughs> Edwards, where's that? Where's Chavez? Where's Wilson? Uh, you know, and Morrow and uh, Stroper hurt, and uh, even Rosario. He gave the guys a day off. Sometimes you win the game when you don't have all your frontline guys. Sometimes you got an old expression, lose the battle, and then hopefully still win the war. Fans don't want to lose one game uh, to maybe win two, three more down the road by resting guys. That's a whole topic that we're not going to jump into. You had some good thoughts, by the way, on it. I got the soundbite we'll try to get to where you said you might be tired, but the other team might be less tired, and then there is a distinction. But let, let's put that to the side. Last night, mm-hmm. Maple Garcia and De La Rosa. Now, this guy, Maples, he had a terrible outing recently. They hit a line drive off him for the out yesterday. But the two guys in the bullpen, now, people are not going to like what I'm going to say. The two Cubs guys in the bullpen with the most stuff, all right? Stuff. We all know what that means, I think, right? Are Maples and Chatwood. The most raw stuff. 
Now, Chantwood, you can't bring him in unless it's a five-run up, five-run down. Maple scares the heck out of you. He's, he's young as a rookie. But Maples has stuff. And he's got a slider that I say looks like, we all remember Carlos Marmol in his prime when that ball was like Bugs, Tremendous. a Bugs Bunny slider? Yep. This guy, Jesse Maples, has that Bugs Bunny marple slider. He gets that thing over. He's lights out if he can Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that one outing where he blew up kind of buried him a little bit in the back of the bullpen. But now they have such a need. And I'll throw another name they didn't use last night. James Norwood has really good stuff. No one's even heard of him, I think. Mm-hmm. He made the basically the jump from double-A, got a, a lightning fastball on him. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him in the, in the coming days. But you're right, Maples would be we, – we all thought Maples might be a guy that emerged last September. Right. Never really happened. So here we are now, maybe maybe the last two weeks. It, someone has to. Now, the one guy you didn't mention is the veteran, Dalen Rosa, who got his first career save. Oh. Go look at his game logs. Yeah. His ERA is in the mid-threes, but what happened? He blew up in Colorado. Not the only pitcher in the world to do that. He gave up seven runs in Colorado. Other than that, it's been a run here, a run there. I'm talking about even before he came to the Cubs. He has been a pretty solid reliever all season other than one blow up in Colorado, and I do think you can discount that. So um, if, if you have no more or a stroke, we have to imagine Justin Wilson is going to be somewhat of a ninth-inning guy. You need a seventh or eighth-inning lefty. Yeah. That, that, not, that looping curveball against lefties, mm-hmm. pretty good out of De La Rosa. I wouldn't put him in there against righties very often. They did last night. But against lefties, I, I kind of like it. Um, so there's a few options there that could emerge. But, again, we're talking three rounds of the playoffs. You're really going to trust Dylan Maples? Are we really going to trust David Rosa? They really have to be spotted in the exact moment that's right for them. And, uh, Last night, I guess, was it. But we'll, we'll see yeah. if, if, if there will be more moments like that. And Jaime Garcia, the lefty, he got Votto and Scooter Jeanette in the eighth. Yeah, he pitched really well getting all three of those guys. He also got Suarez, too. Yes. All three. You, yes. You, you you know how it is, though. Any of those guys gets overused, they'll be exposed. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason. Sure. Now, one of them could emerge, but there's a reason they're, they are who they are at this point. Dylan Maples just trying to figure himself out. De La Rosa towards the end. So as we sing their praises, and I'm certainly doing that with De La Rosa, we have to also understand there's a good chance if they get exposed. But at this point, Joe doesn't have many options when C-Shack and, and uh, basically C-Shack and Chavez from the right side, you know, we don't know about Edwards at this point, and we're still waiting on Morrow. So someone else or two have to emerge here, and last night was a good start. Yeah. You know, just yesterday, Rick Sutcliffe joined Waddle and Sylvia, as he does every Friday at 5 o'clock, and they asked him about Morrow, and the word was that when Morrow comes back, they're going to ease him in, and when Waddle asked Sutcliffe about that, Sutcliffe paused and started laughing, and Sutcliffe said, well, that was before the Strope injury. Do you think things right. change at all with Morrow after Strope goes down? If Morrow can come back and pitch a couple of outings, do you think they move him quicker than they planned on it? I, I think so. I think that's a good point. I, I, you know, I think probably all along, if he showed enough in an outing or two, he was going to go right back to that ninth inning. But he has to show it. He right. has to show it. But this certainly increases the urgency, yes. So, uh, you know, you're, you're just you're hoping for anything. And if he throws 97 and gets a nice outing, then, boom, he might be back there. So I would agree with that assessment. Uh, it's a big <laughs> if. You're right about yeah, that, Mark. It's all right. It's uh, true. I, I lo- it's so interesting, this whole situation. I mean, you cross your fingers and hope he can come back. 
this is a limited amount of bullets, you know, with him. From now, from the moment he gets back to the end of October, whatever, there's a limited amount. That's the feeling, at least. He's just not going to be. So it, it is It is just really cross your fingers and pray he can make it back for a month or so. I, I mean, I have my doubts. I um, mean, I think that's the way Joe has to think about this thing. I've got to groom people sure. knowing, uh, thinking I'm not going to have more, and if I have them, all the better. Jesse Rogers, ESPN 1000 Cubs expert. Uh, and the, if, you know, what is it? You know, if they do, what if they get to the uh, postseason? The good thing is for the bullpen, and it's been mentioned, but it's so important. Montgomery would slide back in to the bullpen. As I've said all along, all hell broke loose when Darvish went down back in whenever it was, mid-late May, and Montgomery was taken uh, out of the bullpen. He was the guy that could give you those two innings when needed, two and a third if needed, you know, left-handed one-out guy late if you needed him. And Jesse, we, and Fred, we can't underestimate as baseball fans how devastating not only the Darvish injury was uh, because, you know, of Darvish, what was expected, but by Montgomery being taken out of that key role. Now, if they do make the postseason, talk briefly and tell everything. You know, what does that do for the bullpen? Because he won't be a well, starter with the four-man rotation, I meant to say. Right? No, no. And, and okay, let, let's play this out. Let's say they win the division. Milwaukee is going to be the first wild card. They're going to host whoever it is, St. Louis or, or the Dodgers or maybe Colorado. If Milwaukee wins, this reminds me of a couple years ago when the Dodgers were really susceptible to left-handed pitching. I've talked about this for a while now. Look at the Brewers' record when a lefty starts. Look at what Joe did um, the other night against the Brewers. It was one lefty after another lefty after mm-hmm. another lefty. Right. Think about think about Quintana. We think of him two times through the rotate uh, through the through the order. Right. You go Quintana to Montgomery to De La Rosa to Wilson. That's how you beat the the Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Brewers. Maybe you throw a righty in there against you know Braun or whoever. But that's the formula. So it all depends on who you're playing. But either way, Montgomery is, you're right, he's that bridge. Because these days, whether it be Quintana or maybe Hendricks is having a little bit of a rough go, or Joe just likes to pull the trigger, and we know that, you know, two times through the order, you might be out. Who's the guy to come in at that point? Montgomery from the left side, probably Chavez from the right side, unless you need Chavez late. So that's why it's huge, because now in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. uh, rarely do you see an eight-inning starter, you know, a guy go eight innings or whatever the case may be. Hamels and Lester could, but we know that that's probably not the case. There's pinch hitting opportunities. So, yes, especially against a team like Milwaukee, susceptible to lefties, that's where Montgomery is perfect as a bridge guy middle innings. Jesse, uh, let's bring in EO11, Eric Ostrowski. Uh, we have a, a Twitter poll here. It's been online uh, for a couple hours. Uh, very simple, A or B. Let's see what the fans voted. EO11, the question was, who is the better defensive shortstop? Javi Baez or Addison Russell? Now, Fred, uh, you had a, a funny, yeah, interesting I, scenario. What happened? I voted too quick. <laughs> I voted as soon as I saw it. I punched it, and I said, ah, I voted wrong. I voted wrong. And you know what? We've been talking for a couple years here on the show saying that Javi Baez is a better shortstop. You know what? I'm starting to think that he's not. I'm starting to think that it is Russell is the better shortstop. And that's why Russell's coming in at later in games. Uh, his, his throws have all been pretty darn good. I I made the wrong choice. Now, I don't know what you guys think, but I actually think that Russell has shown this year he can't hit where the damn, but I think he's a better <laughs> shortstop. 
Now, Javi yeah, made, it, Javi made two highlight plays at short again last night. Okay, yeah, that's okay. okay. All right. I mean, it, it is a good question. It is a good question. You know what's interesting, Fred? What, in this role that Russell might be in late in the game, yeah, he's even better. Yes. Because you're not, you're, he's not wearing down. That shoulder can wear down on him. But we saw him make those great throws the other night coming in late. When he comes in late, you know, fresh for that night, I, I think he is great. But, uh, you know, it's hard to look past Hobby's arm, though, over the course of 162. It really is. A year ago, I would have absolutely said Russell, but it's starting to trend the other way because Baez is now making the routine play. He is no longer, you know, seemingly no longer – you know, uh, taking his time when the pitcher runs right. or getting lazy. Like, he's making the routine play more routinely, which is something Russell was great at. But the fantastic play, I, I still would take Javi Baez. You yeah. know, going back on pop-ups. and yeah. Include the pop-ups. Think about all the foul balls he, he catches and all that stuff. So between the arm and just the instincts and now making the routine play more routinely – I think it's pretty darn close. Well, it's yesterday, close. last night, top of the fourth, Baez he fields a, uh, a chopper and throws home to get a tag out, a 6-2 at the plate. And then the top of the fifth, he made his fancy pickup, stutter step for a uh, step on uh, the bag double play. But remember, fellas, when they bring in Russell late in the game, they're not doing it because of Baez at short, Fred. They're, doing, I know. they're getting Murphy out of the game. Yeah. Why don't they move Russell to second? That's where he played when he came up before they flipped him with Castro. Let's bring in EO11. What'd the fans say? Who's the better defensive shortstop, Eric? So it was 70% to 30%, and the fans voted for Baez over yeah. Russell. Fred, you did vote oh, right the first yeah. time. See, right now, you could ask <laughs> you could ask who is the greatest anything, and as long as Javi Baez is in it, he would win. You could ask who, who makes who makes the best martini, and it would be Javi Baez. Uh, blue you cheese olive, a, please. A, a, you talk about a good problem to have. Yeah. I mean, they're both really good at short. I think uh, Russell's third in the league in defensive runs. Yes, he is. Or third in baseball, maybe. And, you know, Baez is playing three different positions at a pretty high level. It's a great problem to have. All right, Jesse, Fred, let's get serious here uh, for a minute. Uh, let's see. Also, uh, get your last votes in now at ESPN 1000. The Brewers, I heard this all week. The Brewers are hungrier than the Cubs, yes or no. And the Cubs' biggest problem is A or B, scoring runs or the depleted bullpen. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Uh, let's get serious here. Something very interesting has happened over the last uh, few days, and I'm not sure that some of these players even realize it happened. But, Jesse, Joe's going to play the hot hand, and he's not going to play the guys that aren't hot. When you're hot, you hot all right stop it okay now let's look at this i thought we were, get, I thought we were getting serious <laughs> well only for a couple seconds let's let's, yeah, let's be serious. crazy right all right i don't think wilson Contreras realizes but he's been permanently uh, benched out of the regular starting lineup. He'll still start some, but he's no longer the starting catcher. Next, Al Mora. 
I don't know if he realizes it, but as of yesterday, and the home run doesn't hurt, the happer, as of yesterday, Elmora, four brain cramps in the last couple games. Sure, he made a couple nice uh, plays out in the outfield. Elmora, he can't hit. He's been benched with four brain cramps, caught off base, doesn't throw the ball in on that controversial Granderson double the other day. Lolly gags, a ground ball threw him out there. Russell, well, he does know. He's been benched. Yeah. Schwarber has been a regular starter. He's out hurt. So it's not a benching. He's on the bench, though. And Hayward, a regular starter. So, Fred, Jesse, five guys that were regulars. And I know, Joe, there's no real regular other than uh, Rizzo and uh, 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 Bryant. But five guys have been benched now that we're regulars because when you're hot you're hot when you're not you're not Contreras has been replaced by Caratini we'll break that down in a minute if you wish Elmora mark my words has now been benched for Hap Russell we know has been benched for Murphy Schwarber is hurt so he's out of the lineup Bodie takes his spot because sometimes they put Bryant in left and but Bodie has replaced Schwarber and Hayward hurt Zobrist has replaced him because when Murphy got here and Hayward was still healthy Zobrist was out, was odd man out so Jesse it's amazing in the last few weeks on the bench Contreras, Elmora, Russell, Schwarber, Hayward, five regulars, replaced now by Caratini, Hap, Murphy, Bodie, and Zobrist. When you're not hot, you ain't going to be playing at this time of the year. Well, yeah, and, you know, I think Caratini is the best example of that. I think Elmore is still going to start against lefties. I mean, that's the difference oh, now. No, but, but I mean the regular rotational starter. Right. Sure, there's still going to be spot starts, lefty-ready. But overall, I'm saying, go ahead. No, I agree with you, because Elmore was starting against the uh, righties at times. Yep. And I think he's now found that platoon. And, and, I mean, Hap hasn't batted righty very often. But, you know, you don't face many lefties. So that's why you're going to see Hap more often than Elmore. But, but, again, think about it. Moore on the bench, Russell on the bench, Contreras mm-hmm. on the bench. Uh, they all come in late for defense, although Caratini is pretty much the same as Contreras other than the arm. You are, you are definitely right about Caratini. He is having so many better at-bats than some of these other guys. Uh, I mean, better than Contreras, obviously. Um, I mean, oh, I don't me. know. Boat, I don't excuse me. Excuse me. Hold yeah. your thought on the Caratini for Contreras. There's only one thing Contreras does better, and you just said it. That's the arm. Right now... Uh, against right-handed pitching, Caratini's hitting the ball. He's also a better receiver, and Fred broke that down earlier. What is a receiver, Jesse? And Fred was going through bing, 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 bing. A guy that can frame, and we hate framing because that means the umpire is a dope, but anyway, he's the better framer. He's much better blocking the balls in the dirt. So Caratini is a better hitter. He's a better receiver, a better framer, and a better blocker of balls in, in the dirt there's no doubt about it right well the only evidence you need is the fact that cole hamels is comfortable with victor caratini that tells me everything we need to know and if not for the fact that lester and Contreras have been together now Mm -hmm. for a couple years who knows now we're talking about in the moment i don't know if caratini is going to pass up Contreras as a player overall right in this moment everything you just said is right think about the at-bats from the left side this is what i'm saying with a lefty on the mound you'll see Contreras. You'll see Elmora, but with a righty, which is most of the league, that's where Caratini and Hap are going to play more. And the bottom line is with Hap, as much as you get frustrated with the strikeouts, 
most of the time, a strikeout and a ground out are the same, but at least Hap will take a walk. Now, with a man on third and less than two outs, I'd rather have a more up. There's no doubt. But those, those situations don't come up that often for a particular player. But Hap will take a walk. Elmora won't. That is why you're seeing Hap more and more against righties, even with the strikeouts. And, of course, you get the occasional game where he wins it with a, with a long ball. That's something Elmora doesn't do. The, the combination is there. You start the hitters early in a playoff game. You bring in the good defense late. The Cubs have both ends of that covered, and, and we're starting to see which guys are which, is what, which is what you're highlighting right now, Murph. All right, Jesse, are you ready for the lightning round? Always. Lightning round. Number one. Five core guys have regressed this year. Hap, Elmora, Schwarber, Contreras, and Bryant. I know there's injuries involved, so please understand this is in general, and everything happens, stuff happens. But right now, core guys, including... The number one, the four core draft picks that Theo Hengs has had on, and it's been terrific. Number one draft pick, Hap. Number one pick, Almora, Schwarber. Bryant's hurt. I understand that. But it's amazing this team is still where it is, with, and Contreras, not a Theo guy. Five core guys have all regressed. Contreras and Hap are the two that really are surprising to me. Uh, maybe it's, I think everybody would agree Contreras at the top of that list. He was going so well last year until he got hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's enough uh, mitigating circumstances with three of those guys. I mean, Schwarber's year isn't awful. Brian, definitely. I wouldn't worry about Brian Murph. I think mm-hmm. you agree with me. He'll, if he's healthy no, next no, year, no. he'll be I, back. I know. I'm just talking yeah. broad numbers so, so, this no, year. I, yeah. I, I agree. Right, I agree. Right. Every, year is, every year is weird and strange. And mm-hmm. it, has, it has its weird and strange elements. Bodie, come on. And who thought of that? You know, him coming up. But you're right. There's There's got to be... The fa- I said this on the air. The fact that they had to trade for Murphy really tells a lot about where this offense was at yeah. that moment. And they need to do some uh, soul-searching about what the hell has happened with some of these guys. Now, maybe it's all injuries. Maybe Schwarber's back. Maybe Russell's very injuries. Maybe Brown. But they really need to figure out why was this? Why were these guys so good in 16? Joe said, let's wait till a couple, three years down the road when they have experience. Mm. We've waited, and yet they're not progressing. So... They, they do absolutely will do some soul-searching when it comes to some of these offensive players during the offseason. Jesse, Chris Bryant is back, but he's blooping a ball to right, and he's hit one in a gap on the ground. Are we going to see his power come back at all this year? He's got a tear in the shoulder, which they won't talk about. They'll correct it in the winter, hopefully, Fred. Right, Jesse? I don't know. I would hope so, yes. Yes, definitely correct in the winter. Look, I, I don't know if it's going to come back, but I am not going to come down on what he's doing. No, he no, no. two months. Right, he's playing good baseball. Yes. He's running the bases great. He missed that ball in left field, but he's being asked to play all over. Right. His, his, his game, other than hitting the long ball, is there. So I think you gotta, you got to enjoy the good parts and just say, okay, we may not get many homers. There's no right. doubt that uh, the shoulder's affecting him. So but look at his, his game the last few days. It's coming around. He needed 40 or 50 at-bats. Uh, but I don't know if he's going to hit the home runs, Fred. I have no idea. Uh, and I preface the injury. I'm just talking about the raw numbers. Lightning round. Jesse, get get the premise. Lightning round. Lightning round. Here's our final one. We're up against the clock. 
Where does a guy like Murphy, where does a guy like Murphy live? I don't want his address, but I'm thinking about this. He's new into town, and they've been flying all over. He, he probably, what, lives at a hotel? Does he take Uber to work? How does a guy like Murphy... Probably lives across the street in the well, hotel. Does he, does he, maybe it's a Zachary. And, you know, don't give his address out, but what? how does that work with a, a, a big-name guy, a new guy just gets into town, they've been on the road? How, how, does, the, uh, uh, how does that all work, the accommodations? Well, well, one thing is I know his family's still in Washington, so I'm pretty sure he didn't go rent an apartment because they're down there. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he's in the hotel. I know for a fact Jesse Chavez is in a hotel. Okay. The team, will pay, the team pays for the first week when you're traded or acquired. They pay for the first week, and then if you want to stay there, it's on you. I would assume Murphy <laughs> is in a hotel because I do know his family stayed down. There's no reason to rent yeah. an apartment if you're no. by yourself. I, I don't, don't think, but that's me. And uh, does he uh, ride his bike along with Joe to work? I think he probably takes an Uber or taxi. That's my guess. <laughs> right. I don't. I don't. It, it, you see, Daniel Murphy riding his bike with some bad knees. That's probably not a good idea. Jesse, a great job. Oh, we got a lot more, but the time is up, and you've been more than kind as always with your time. Have a uh, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. And. Uh, See if they uh, they keep progressing with these new players or if the old guys can earn their jobs back. All right, buddy? Two weeks to go. I'll talk to you from Sox Park next Saturday. Enjoy there you go. Guys. Talk to you later. And See you, Let the record show I paid you the nickel that I owed you for that stupid bet about a month ago, right? <laughs> I already spent it. Sorry, Murph. <laughs> Not all in one place. Not all in one place, I hope. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> See you later. Uh, Murph and Fred. Don't forget, half hour from now, it'll be uh, Chicago's College Tailgate. Jay Hood, Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, they'll bring you all the way up to Notre Dame football as they take on Vandy right here on ESPN 1000. Any of our earlier topics, give us a quick call. We'll be back in a flash. 312-332-3776. A lot of Twitter poll action also we'll get to. More Bears talk, baseball talk. It's ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Welcome back. <laughs> oh, that little guy, Jesse Rogers. He can wear you out. Not me. Doesn't wear me out, but, well, yes, he does. He's the best. Uh, Fred, let's quick bring in uh, Eric Ostrowski and uh, Eric, our producer today. Eric, doing a great job. Yo, yo. Eric, uh, before we get into the Bears, uh, what were those final Cubs at Twitter poll uh, responses? The Brewers, I heard this all week, Fred, you heard uh-huh. all week. Those Brewers, they're hungrier than the Cubs. What did the fans say? The fans said that, I'm looking at the wrong poll, here we go, 66% Ooh. said yes, the Brewers are hungrier than okay. the Cubs. I agree. Okay. I agree they are. Might be uh, a human uh, natural. Uh, they got close thing. last year and they mm-hmm. weren't there, and okay. now they're trying to get them back. Uh, next was the Cubs' biggest problem is A or B scoring runs or the depleted bullpen. I guess this is probably that 50 50. No, I'm going 80 80 20. Which way? Scoring runs? Scoring runs. All right. 67% to 33% scoring runs. Yeah. Yeah, 
Yep. Uh, the scoring run, I mean, it doesn't matter how bad, good or bad your bullpen is. you got to score runs. They yeah. scored four in ten innings against Washington. They got three yesterday on one swing of the bat. I mean, offensively, they're, they're yep. nothing like the team they were early in the year. Hey, let's talk a little Bears. All right. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. The Bears were overmatched versus the Packers. Yes or no? Now, why would we bring this topic up, you might ask? Fred, I just handed you a copy of the Wednesday. The Bears were overmatched versus the Packers. Yes or no? Voted he has been 1,000. Wednesday's Tribune back page. Yep. Lots of Bears stuff. Sure. And uh, uh, two, of our, uh, two of the experts out there, uh, Dan Wiederer, does a great job, and he's a contributor here. And uh, uh, Brad Biggs has been doing it for many, many years. And he's one of the uh, uh, senior guys out on the Bears beat over over many years. Now, just to show you that fans or experts, probably even, you know, people in the game, uh, actual head coaches or, you know, general managers, everybody's got different opinions. Right. But this was striking about two or three inches apart. Right? Yep. <laughs> From each other. Uh, two uh, random uh, statements here. One by Dan Wiederer and one by uh, uh, Brad Biggs, both regarding sort of the same topic, but opposite takes. All right? Yep. Fred, you want to read one? I'll read the I'll other. I'll read Wiederer. Okay, Dan Wiederer said, there have been so many Mondays in recent falls where we'd throw on the film of Bears' losses and see an obviously overmatched team getting trampled or toyed with by superior opponents. This wasn't that. Whoa! So Dan Wiederer says, so many, ti- so many times we've seen the Bears uh, obviously overmatched, but this was not one of those. Right. The Packers. Now, go about three inches across over to uh, a Brad Biggs, Big Z writes. I ran into Big Z uh, uh, at a Cub game about a month ago. Uh, Big Z says, The most disappointing aspect of blowing the 20-point lead in Green Bay Sunday night was the Bears looked overmatched in every phase as it unraveled during the game. <laughs> now, these are two of the guys been around. Yep. The experts. Right? Different opinions. Yeah. Wiederer says they were not overmatched. Biggs says they were overmatched. Right there. Yep. So that's the beauty of sports analysis, sports talk. That's right. Let's, Everyone's got their opinions. Let's bring every. They're like belly buttons. Everybody's got one. Let's bring in EO11. Eric, this has been on board for about three hours. Yes or no, the Bears were overmatched versus Green Bay. What the fans say? The fans say 86% of them said no. The Bears were not overmatched against Green Bay. I agree. So W, uh, GBW, Green Bay, Wisconsin. So they run in the same poll. What do you think the answer was? The oppo? <laughs> you mean in Green Bay, if they asked? Yeah, we overmatched the Bears. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they, they, they think until the Bears start <laughs> winning a few games that uh, the Packers overmatched them. So 80% uh, agree with uh, Dan Wiederer. The Bears were not overmatched. All right. And they definitely won't be overmatched against Seattle. You know where they were overmatched, I think, was coaching. Now, it's hard to say. It's hard to pinpoint. 
we don't know what was going on behind the scenes. But I do remember, you know, and I hate to, one of the worst things you can do in radio, Fred, is I told you, know, I never, I never tried to do this. I told you so. Uh-huh. Or you say it. It's just, it never works. It doesn't sound good. You know, oh, yeah, I told you so. I hate to say it, but I told you so. Don't mind my preaching to you. Uh, no, I would never preach. Now, last week, we had a topic. A few times we touched on it. And I, I said, it worries me that the first-time head coach, his first game, yeah. uh, Nagy, is also going to be basically a rookie offensive play caller. Yeah, sure. And I'm not sure that a first-time head coach should be also, he called, what, four or five games, I guess, last year. I think, uh, yeah, more than that. But, well, yeah, give or take. Close, but yeah, right. yeah. It was five games and then the first half of their playoff game. Right. That, oh, yeah, then what? The, and then the, Andy Reid took it over the, in the second half. He took the Correct. clipboard away. Yep. Or the laminate, whatever you call it. There's so much going on in your first game as a head coach. I, I think, I don't want to say... Nagy was overwhelmed. That's not fair. I don't want to say, but there's a lot going on, you know? There's a lot going on. you got to think about timeouts, field position, clock management, this and that. And, you know, maybe you know, I should have run the ball. I, the third and one at, or third and two, whatever it was. Right. How many, I wonder, oh, no, head, first-time head coaches were also in their first year as a play caller. It's just tough. Yeah, most of them don't call the plays. And I was, it's funny, I was watching Ron Rivera, who many people think is one of the better coaches in the NFL. Yeah. And Ron Rivera just stands there. Every time they show him, his lips are never moving. He never calls, it looks like, anything. He just stands there. It looks like he does all of his work before the game <laughs> and then just makes major decisions. And his yeah. offensive and defensive coordinators do all the play calling. So that probably happens with a lot of uh, head coaches. I don't know if you knew this number, but there were seven new head coaches last week playing their first game. Yeah. They went 0-7. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they all lost. You got a little John DeWan in you Every huh? single one of them uh, met, you know, coaching their first game. And there, you had John Gruden, who was coming back. But everybody, seven coaches, all lost, 0-7. You know, I've always wondered, okay, baseball over the last 20, 30 years, the bench coach. That didn't exist back in the day, you know. Right. Now you got a guy there whispering in your ear, hey, you know, this might be a time to hit and run. You know what, we might do a double switch. You know, just helping out. I always wondered, there should be, maybe there is for some teams, a guy up in the booth, sort of like the the helper, the bench coach for the head coach. Hey, you know what? We only have two timeouts left. Don't use it right now. Or, you know, we got three timeouts. We should be, be ready to use a timeout. Or, or uh, field position. You know what? We're in good position right now. You just might be four down territory. Just whispering in his ear. Maybe they do that already. Maybe. It seems like they're almost some do. be an official position. You know, not the OC or the defensive coordinator. Uh Bruce in Skokie. Bruce, Murph, and Fred, go. Yes, sir. I think Nagy uh, blew the game when they had uh, third and one or two, and they had two plays. If he doesn't have faith in his running game, I mean, what did they need the field goal for so they could lose by one point? As soon as they did that, everybody in the world knew they are going to lose. All right, hang on, Bruce. Point. Bruce, that great comments. Those have been regurgitated all week. Bring it right to the front. Do you think... Nagy was, you know, so much going on, and it's understandable for the first. No, 
No, you're being overly kind. He blew it. He got conservative. I'm not dis- watched- No, no, no. You misunderstand me. I agree with you. But why did it happen is my question. Because he had no guts. Okay. okay he got conservative okay, and went but- for three points that he didn't uh, need. Uh, so he was fully cognizant of the situation. Absolutely. All right, that's the answer I was looking for. Yeah, I kind of agree he was, right. too, because right. there were four opportunities in the fourth quarter that yeah. the Bears were third and, and three or less. Yeah. They ran the ball twice and got first downs both times. They passed the ball twice and both times failed. So maybe they will learn. Andrew Siciliano, who does the uh, Direct TV Red Zone uh, on Sundays uh, for his, you know, I think it's a, a dozen years he's been doing it. He sent a message the other day. He says, "Doesn't don't anybody don't any teams run the ball on third and two anymore?" Huh, well, right. the Bears did twice and they got first downs. They didn't two other times and they failed. So I don't know what the problem is. Hopefully, if they have a third and two this week against Seattle, they run the damn ball. Last chance vote right now. We'll have the results when we return. Trubisky deserves a honeymoon period, but for how long? Sixteen games. The end of the year. Thirty-two games. Or come on, Murph, the honeymoon period should already be over. Vote at ESPN 1000. Ah, busy day, busy Saturday. Murph and Fred, every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. EO 11, our final Twitter poll. Fred, we asked the fans, uh, Trubisky deserves a honeymoon period, but for how long? 16 games. Well, this is going to be, what, game 12, this game 14, Monday night. No, he gets through the end of the year. Uh, 32 games. Or it's already over. No time for a honeymoon. Fred, what do you think the fans said? I think they're going to say, boy, I think they'll know the fans. I think they're going to say it's already over. No, I think they're going to say end of 2018. EO11, what happened? All right, with the lowest with 4% is 32 games. In second, or in third, with 20% is 16 games. Okay, it's between uh, Fred and me. Yeah, so 31% saying it's already over, and 45% saying the end of this season. All right, all right. Clock's ticking, they say. I said at the end of this season, personally, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's how you voted, right? Uh You were projecting. Well, you know what? He's our guy for many, many years, I have a feeling, so things better go well. Things will go fine. Everything will work out just wonderful. Want to thank all our guests. Jesse Rogers joined (laughs) us today. Beautiful Saturday. Thanks to Eric Ostrowski, all of his help. He'll be back with me tomorrow from 9 till noon. We'll be talking Cubs and Bears and NFL. And don't forget, it is college. It is Chicago's college tailgate. I'll get it right eventually before the season's over. Well, you only Coming got up. 19 seconds, so yeah. get it right. Coming right up with Hood, Black, and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Sounds like you're pretty sure. Yeah. Murphy and Friends, and thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody. Huh.